The opinions expressed on this webmasterradio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of webmasterradio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay. Here with me today are Virginia Nussi and Michael Terry. Hi. Good afternoon, everyone. You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. You can also download it at any time from Webmaster Radio Search Engine Optimization Channel, stream it on SEMSynergy.com, or pick it up on iTunes. Our guest today is Heather Lloyd Martin. Uh, for those of you who uh, don't know her, she's the president of and CEO of SuccessWorks. Has uh, been a speaker at conferences for ever, uh, right from the beginning. She's very well known. Um, and she's an expert basically on everything uh, that involves copywriting. Virginia's got some questions for Heather about SEO copywriting and how to utilize psychology to improve content and conversions. Sounds interesting. It is. Um, but first, we thought we'd take a look at some of the industry news. Uh, any large industry, uh, especially uh, as SEO is becoming uh and that has conferences, always brings with it a ton of announcements, and we've had a bunch. So uh, why don't we jump in and uh, talk about what Google announced. All right, well, there's a couple things coming out of Google last week. We heard about, first of all, there's the uh, the canonical, canonical tag, which came out a few months ago at least, now has cross-subdomain Sub- support. <laughs> Right. In the beginning, it uh, wouldn't do that. Uh, And, of course, you have some better information out there now on when you can and cannot use it. The intent of the canonical tag was to clean your URL. But a lot of companies wanted to use it when they had duplicate content issues across subdomains. Uh, You have the English version, the UK version, or uh, things like that. So there were a lot of duplicate content issues that were mandated within their environment. So I think that their intent on the canonical tag extension was really to allow you to say which of your versions of this page are really the most important. Right. That's a good point. I mean, on some of my clients, I have a bunch of uh, subdomains for each of our different locales, and you don't want one of the the probably the non-standard locales or the one that doesn't have the best fit for the most users show up as number one in the search results, so there's a good solution for that. In some cases, um, using locale as an example, you could have losangeles.domain.com or newyork.domain.com, and there may be duplicate content in there. Uh, You can point one to the other and decide which one is the most important. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then the other um, story is how Google has proposed a way for Ajax to be spiderable. 
Yeah, that's. I don't know. It, it sounds kludgy. Yeah, uh, like I was talking about before the call. With uh, I said, this reminds me of one of those Rube Goldberg contraptions where uh, it, re- it has a lot of dependencies. Something could go wrong at every step of the dependency, and the whole contraption falls down. It's also pretty complex to understand. It's not actually complex, but it's harder than just a superficial reading, and so that'll throw a lot of people off of even getting involved in it. I think that the the primary premise here is that you can put software on your server, you can create a custom URL that the software knows to resolve uh, into a spiderable page so that the content of an AJAX expansion within the page can be uniquely indexed. Right. It, it is an advantage for web application developers in the sense that right now, as a nod to SEO, they're not doing some of the things they could do in a user-friendly way. Um, for instance, within a JavaScript application, you can change the URL whenever there's been a state change. Right now, a lot of JavaScript applications, a lot of web applications don't do that simply because instead they try to rely on, um, um, what do they call it in in uh, web design, uh, graceful degradation. <laughs> and in graceful degradation, uh, you're going to want to have like a regular standard HTML page because that's better for accessibility purposes and things like that. And uh, so that's the way they build their applications, but they would like to be able to get rid of that and use pure JavaScript for all of their um, link structure, for their link strategy. And if they could do that and still know that their applications were going to get spidered by the search engines, that they were going to appear in the index, then they'd be able to give that to the users. Of course, on the other hand, there's an argument that we should continue to go with graceful degradation because that's more accessible for people who are using screen readers and things of that nature. So there's kind of two sides to the story. So, And the web nerds who are pushing the graceful degradation side, they're... Um, they're kind of at odds with Google a little bit, saying, Google, why don't you just take advantage of some of the accessibility technologies that are already in place to browse like Ajax stuff or or encourage webmasters to use those accessibility technologies so that everybody who's a blind, deaf, and dumb, like Google's Googlebot is, can use the web. So that's some of the commentary that I've been seeing on the web. Well, to be 508 or American with Disabilities Act compliant, Theoretically, anybody that uh, is visually impaired, and uh, by that I mean the screen is fuzzy, you're not sure exactly what it says, a little bit like watching television without your glasses, uh, has to be able to have their computer read to them what is, what's on the screen at any one time in order to comply with federal law. Right. And, you know, I agree, that accessibility is there. I think where they went overboard is not even... Uh, it's hard to understand, but they changed Flash. Flash is now doing cloaking in order to serve to the search engines. It'll determine that a search engine is requesting it and serve alternate content to the Flash content within the Adobe Flash player. So I think 508 is getting a little bit uh, more important. I think that you're seeing some of that Ajax. We'll see how it shakes out. I think you go to a major financial institution and say, oh, by the way, install this on the server so that this dynamic AJAX stuff can go in without going through compliance, I think you're going to have a problem with that. All right. Well, we're out of time. Okay. (laughs) Um, So that's 
our some Google news. I guess we'll save Yahoo and uh, maybe some other news for after this next segment. Uh, Heather Lloyd Martin will be joining me to talk about SEO copywriting and tapping into audience psychology. More SEM synergies on the way. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Hey, affiliates, do you find it a challenge monetizing traffic from the UK, France, or India? You need offers that will appeal to all of your visitors, no matter where they come from. AdsMarket.com has met this challenge and has turned it into a science. AdsMarket.com gets results for publishers and advertisers with a winning formula. The combination of offers, worldwide traffic, and AdsMarket's up-close and personal media management is exactly the boost needed to monetize international audiences. AdsMarket.com, the science of performance. Does your website need a bailout? Looking for a conversion rate stimulus package? Do you need a website improvement to-do list? On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7, analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it so that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash on target. I'm Brian Eisenberg, and I approve this message. this Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia Nessie, and I'm joined by Heather Lloyd-Martin, President and CEO of SuccessWorks, an SEO company specializing in killer content. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Heather. Hi. Thanks so much for having me today. So I actually knew I wanted to have you on the show as soon as I watched your presentation at SES San Jose back in August. It was called Turn Brain Science into Bucks, Incorporating Persuasive Messaging into Your Content Strategy. And it was a really cool presentation because you explained how a lot of writers are focused on keywords and maybe that's, you know, maybe too much so considering that content marketing is more than just writing the words on the page. There's a lot of um, thought that you can put into the user or the reader's buying decisions and how and how the copy makes them feel. Can you explain that a bit? 
Yeah, um, one of the things that I saw around SEO copywriting and, and SEO content marketing is that there's a big misconception out there that writing SEO, anything having to do with SEO copywriting, is all around keywords. It's all about how many times can you include the keyword in the copy to help artificially inflate the page's ranking. And although I understand that from one angle, because certainly with SEO copywriting, one of the main benefits of it is you do get good search engine rankings when those pages and the strategy is really good. The flip side of that is that it's gone to the extreme to where people aren't talking about the user experience anymore. And good copywriting, what helps you make money and what helps sell your product or, or get eyeballs to your site, whatever your main conversion goal is, has to do with how that text is written. And are you speaking to your target audience? Are you hitting those main emotional needs? Because that's why we buy. Even if it's a purely, what we think is a purely logical decision, that really we're buying on emotion and we're choosing companies that we feel comfortable working with. So one of the things that I had in my presentation is going back to Psychology 101 and looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I showed some examples in, in my presentation about different types of sites that were somewhat related. And so one was like a home loan modification site. And the copy and the imagery was targeted towards folks that were worried about physiological needs, like losing their home. And so the way that you would write for that particular site would be completely different than what you would write towards people that have money through the recession. And, in fact, they're looking to buy an even bigger home or maybe a luxury vacation home. So although it sounds like a no-brainer to, to look at Maslow's hierarchy and to be able to say, all right, so if it's a site having to do with home security, we have to speak to security needs. And if it's a site having to do with physiological, you might lose your house, you know, talk to those kinds of needs. It's something that gets lost a lot. And it's actually one of the ways that people can, it can figure out, you know, do I want to work with a company, do I want to work with a copywriter, is do they come to you and start saying, you know, let's set up a customer persona, what are the main objections that your customer has that we need to overcome? Because once you tie in on that emotional messaging and then you combine that with everything we know that we need the search engines need, that's when you have really good killer content that converts plus gets the search engine rankings that you want. I have to say, as a copywriter, it was really eye-opening to hear that. It was really cool. That's cool. And, and for a lot of folks, it's a brand new concept because they honestly believe, because there's so much miscommunication and misconceptions out there, that SEO copywriting is just about the keywords. So once you understand that there's more to it, it actually opens up an entirely new avenue of how you connect with your customers. You're doing it on a more human level rather than saying, all right, you're looking for cashmere sweaters. How many times can I shove this on the page? <laughs> And that kind of speaks to um, a new phrase that you suggest we might start using in order to help align the, this this concept to their practice is um, content marketing. 
Yeah, that's something that you see a lot now um, in other types of arenas. So they mentioned the content marketing play. Uh, not so much with, with search. We're a little behind that. Um, but I'm hoping that this is something that people focus on more and more because content marketing is more than just your web page. It's, it's about anything you have to do online that talks about your brand and helps show your messaging. So you've got Facebook. You've got what you can tweet out. You have your web pages. You might have blogs or other articles. So all of this content that you're pulling out ideally should be integrated under one one kind of marketing and messaging umbrella to where even though you might be saying different things in different ways according to the medium, at the end of the day, all of it integrates and it's all encouraging and promoting your brand, your messaging, and your benefits. That's great. Um, so you are a pretty frequent speaker in the conference circuit, and along with the SES session that I was speaking about earlier, just this last week you were at SMX East, and you spoke and presented for the SMX Boot Camp Copywriting for Search Success. Um, aside from, you know, stepping back from keywords and looking at the user's um, where they are in the buying cycle and that kind of thing. Is there another, t- maybe one takeaway that you would ha- you would say somebody should walk away from a boot camp or, or, or a course that you teach? Probably the biggest takeaway for things like that is, is to encourage people to not get overwhelmed with it, but also know how important the content is. Um, I've worked with a lot of companies from mom and pops up to Fortune 50 companies, and what can happen is what I'll call the learned helplessness of SEO content marketing, where folks will think, okay, the template, we can't change it, we're an e-commerce site, Um, we've got all these other things going on, maybe there's nothing we can do, what can we do from a technical standpoint? And really, there's always something you can do with SEO copywriting and content marketing. And the, the trick of it is is to not get overwhelmed, to take that step back and figure out what what things can we do to leverage low-hanging fruit. Can we go through and change the titles and add key phrases to some articles or FAQ pages or blog posts where we might not have thought of that before? Um, can we go through and update things? Can you build a blog or do other things in order to start capitalizing on other key phrase searches that your site might not be applicable for now? So if you're feeling confused about it, I mean, that can be really normal, but to just know that there's a lot of room to move. Sometimes it takes a consultant to come in and say, here's the different avenues for you to explore. A lot of times you can figure it out in-house, but even if that means that you're just doing a few things every month, you know, you don't have to pull down every page on your site now and rewrite it, but just changing a few pages, adding a few pages, just figuring out a way that you can get everyone on your team involved in blogging or whatever that means for your company, that's when you're going to start seeing the success. What, where people go wrong is that they think it's too big, that it's too scary, and there's nothing they can do. There's really always something you can do. It's just figuring out what you can do with the resources, the budget, and the, the timeline that you have within your company. One really amazing resource that would fall right into that is um, your SEO copyright training program, which has recently started back up. It's, um, well, tell us a little bit about that. 
I, I'm I'm really excited, and I'm so thrilled that you guys here asked me about this. I'm really excited about the, the SEO copywriting training because what would happen is that people would read a book, or they go to a forum, or they would go to a conference, and they would still be confused. Um, maybe it's because they Maybe it's because books are not what works. So the training is a really great low-cost alternative for folks that might not have the time or budget to send folks to a conference where they're only talking about SEO copywriting for an hour, or they might not have the time or budget to be able to get an in-house customized, but they need to know how to do this, and they need to have some help along the way. So it's a great mixture of, of the best of all worlds where you get the hands-on training, but you're also able to do the training at your own pace so that you don't have to worry about finishing it in a week or a month. You've got a long time to finish, but you get some help along the way as you're learning. And help from one of the pioneers in SEO content writing is something you can't really put a price tag on, and yet this one is really low. So um, along with everything that Heather said, it also comes with your a new edition of your book, right? Exactly. So for those who have no, known or possibly read the original uh, Successful Search Engine Writing, uh, that I have completely revamped the book. I have the old book available for the for the training, but this is a brand new edition taking into account everything that's happened with the engines in the industry in the last five, six years. It's so awesome, and I think that this is a opportunity that should definitely be considered. You can check out more from Heather by visiting seocopywriting.com or uh, checking out your Twitter stream, Heather Lloyd, double L-O-Y-D, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, Heather. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate it. This is fun. All right. After the break, Bruce has some thoughts to share on content optimized for search engines. SEM Synergy will be right back. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Hey, have you got the number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on LocalPages.com. LocalPages.com. Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami? LocalPages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with LocalPages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, Amazon, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. LocalPages.com. List your business on LocalPages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. LocalPages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Want to learn the biggest asset to driving online success? Let me introduce you to my expert advisor, PixelSilk. PixelSilk is a robust content management system built on a foundation to create online marketing success. It's the only content management system that offers keyword-specific SEO advice, can integrate with your shopping cart system, and offer multi-site management. PixelSilk frees my time while making my company's website easy to manage and promote. 
Even better, Pixel Silk has been embraced by the SEO community. I'm Bruce Clay, and Pixel Silk is the first CMS I have ever felt good about recommending. With this winning combination, we have all the tools we need. PixelSilk.com, the ultimate in SEO driven CMS. Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. Inbox, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Bruce Clay. And before the break, you heard Heather Lloyd-Martin give her tips for SEO copywriting that leverages a reader's state of mind. Um, I'm back here with Michael Terry and Virginia Nussida, and we thought we'd throw up uh, a couple comments on Heather's recommendations and uh, some additional thoughts on SEO, on-page content, a little bit of architecture, uh, a Yahoo announcement, things like that. I don't know. I think... Uh, you're right. Content marketing, I think, is important. I think that the first step for an SEO is actually still to understand the persona of the person that's going to type in the keyword, find out what they need, and build something around it, and figure out when you can convert, what you need to say to convert, what their community is, what's their hot buttons, and make it happen. That's been there for a very long time, I think. But you're right. Content is, uh, whether we want to agree or not, uh, king, uh, probably king. I think that there's arguments that links are king or, you know, things like that might be a little bit as dominant or more dominant. But I think content is uh, an important part. What else we got? Well, it kind of plays into Yahoo's announcement that they've stopped paying attention to the meta keywords tag. And... um, you know, these these announcements come out and everyone gets all nervous of what they've got on their page and whether or not it should be there. But I think that let's not be too hasty and there's definitely a good purpose of the meta keywords tag. The last time the search engine said they weren't going to support the meta keyword tag, a lot of people went out there and deleted the meta keyword tag being paranoid that we won't index it means you are a spammer. <laughs> It's a valid tag. You use it. You know, there's thousands of other search engines out there that do pay attention to it. I don't think it makes sense to delete a totally valid tag just because it's not going to go into an index. No, sure. And I think, um, as we've heard before, uh, it's a useful place to put misspellings. Um, Search engines have said in the past that um, they'll look there to see if there are common misspellings of words that are used on the page. And obviously, you don't want to actually optimize for misspellings, that would be nonsense. And so you have to have a way to communicate that kind of thing to search engines. So that's a useful and valid use of the tag. I think one of the things we found out is when the tsunami hit Asia, I think there were like nine or ten different ways to misspell tsunami. I mean, (laughs) you're not going to put those on web pages. Right. Yeah, you can't do that. Meta tags are there for a purpose, which is uh, all the meta tags are to provide meta content for the page, and the keywords on the page are pretty important, and it's useful from a meta um, purpose for everybody in your project and everybody who's organizing the SEO to understand 
what your goal for the page is. Well, since so many people optimize for Google, and Google for a long time has not been paying attention to the tag, the fact that Yahoo announced that they aren't going to pay attention to it shouldn't have changed a single behavior. Right. What about evidence that Yahoo's still indexing based on the meta keywords tag? I mean, come on. You're not implying that a search engine would say one thing and do another, <laughs> are you? Come on. Who, what search engine would ever do that? I can't think of only one. Well, it, sometimes it's easier to say that you know what's going on in your code and to actually know what's going on it. Oh, it's still there in some of those functions. Yeah. It still appears in that class. Well, content is content. And uh, while it may be totally appropriate, as Heather said, to have content that ha- is, has a mission, not just holds keywords, uh, the meta tags are metadata is data about data. It mm-hmm. should be descriptive of the content right. on your page. Right. And I consider that to be an important part of what the web is all about. I think the main keywords of a, of a page are one of, the, one of the things that you would certainly want to have meta information about. So it makes sense to use a meta keyword tag, even if it's only for your organization or software or anything like that. You're going to find uh, machine learning uses for it. Okay, so the bottom line here is still use the meta keyword tag and make it the best it can be. Is it possible to focus too much on keywords? I mean, and how do we make that balance between including keywords and writing for the user? Well, New York Times article on, the again, the Asian tsunami. Uh, the title was Killer Wave. The search engines didn't think that was the same as a tsunami. That page didn't show up in the search results because nobody searched for Killer Wave. So I think there's a point where you have to use keywords that people would use to find you because when they land on your page, if you don't use that word, they're not going to think you're about what they wanted. Right, that's so right. So you have to at least you know, make sure the target matches the query. There, I think sometimes people think there's a, there's a false discrepancy between like writing to the user and writing the keywords because the truth is if you're finding the keywords that the users are searching for, those are the keywords that they expect to be in the writing. And so there might be a mismatch between what the writer thinks that they should be writing and what they should be writing for the user. And that's why keyword research really comes in handy because you find out, oh, this is the vocabulary I should be using because this is what people are searching for. So this is the domain I should be talking within. If you're going to write an article, you write for the audience. You expect the audience to enjoy it when they find it. There's an implication that they're going to find it. We constantly see customers with uh, or prospects, actually, that come to us where they have a keyword in the title and the description, maybe the keyword tag, and nowhere on the page. I mean, you're either going to need to understand that the way people search should line up with the way you write and that they should be mutually satisfying, or just don't expect your result to show up for that query. <laughs> right. All right, well, so we're out of time for this week's show. As always, thanks to Webmaster Radio for producing the podcast, and thanks to Heather Lloyd-Martin for lending her expertise to the show. And, of course, thanks to everyone out there listening. If you have Internet marketing questions or topics you want to hear about, send them to Synergy at bruceclay.com. And you can visit semsynergy.com for info on this week's show. On behalf of Bruce Clay and Company, thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy.